Hi, this is Kim Davis. Welcome to another one-on-one podcast. And my guest today is Sarah Ole, who is VP of Marketing Insights with Exad. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we're sitting in an amazing space. It's uh, uh, the 60th floor of one World Trade Center with amazing views on a surprisingly sunny day. Yep, looking out at uh, the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been up here? Uh, in at One World Trade, so mm-hmm. we've been here a little over over a year. Okay, um, moved in I think November 2015. Okay, now let's um, start off by putting people into the context of what we're talking about. I think I'm writing saying that Exad was founded in 2001. No, Exad was Exad <laughs> um, was founded in 2009. Okay, I'm I'm way wrong, but it's yeah, it's a little bit after that. There's been a lot of evolutions <laughs> of the company, so I may be be missing the exact uh, founding date as well. Okay, so the the substantive question though is, what do you basically do? What do we do? So in in simple terms, uh, Exad gets people to a, a better place with location intelligence. So a little bit put more tangibly, um, we reach people through a targeted mobile placement. So. Right. The most basic version of that would be a, a mobile display ad served to somebody on their their smartphone, um, and we really we we target all of this based on location. Um, location really adding context to who a person is in the moment yes. to provide them something that's very relevant to them in that moment, place, and time. Okay. So let's tie it together with other data because I know this is this is where it gets really complex. Um, what do you know about the people you're tracking? Where are you, what are your data sources? So what are, what are our data sources? Yeah. So we get that in, um, it, it's not people. I, I do want to separate that okay. a little bit because um, it, it's really, we get a, a location signal um, mm-hmm. and use that to create uh, ideas around behavior, around what location means. So, right. for example, we can say, People who go to these types of stores also do these other behaviors. Or um, when somebody is at this type of, of business, they're going to be open to receiving this this sort of ad. So, um, again, just creating context based mm-hmm. on location. Context, got it. Yeah. So what you're not doing, so I know some people are striving to do this, is to, is to take the location trajectory of the device and tie that to personally identifying data, like CRM and that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, no, it's really, um, it's it's not putting any personally identifiable information attached to the signal. What actually we want to do, there's a lot you can derive based mm-hmm. on location alone. Just, um, we've done a lot of work, especially in my team, trying to understand the marketing insights about what, where somebody is says about who they are, what they're going to be most open to, what they... Um, you know, the, the best ways to reach them and, and just what that actual location behavior says. Like, if you think about it, we feel like it's actually one of the strongest intents. It doesn't, uh, uh, signals of intent. So um, if somebody's in a store, they're very close to a purchase. Right. Um, whereas if you think about even search or social, somebody can, or, or demographics for that matter, somebody can fit into a certain group, somebody can say they like something, somebody can 
post about it on, on all mm-hmm. their social media. Um, but that just means they're interested in it, or maybe they're more inclined based on who they are in terms of demographics. But sure. if you're actually in a business, you're very close to transacting. And so taking that tie and location to it really just adds that extra layer of context, which we think is actually a much more powerful signal of intent than anything else. Okay. I'm wondering which direction you approach this from, and maybe it's both. Uh, do you have clients who say, these are lo- the locations we're interested in, it may be their stores, maybe something like that, and do you track people who are near those locations, or do you just gather, do you gather general location data and offer that to your clients? So both. both um, okay. Yeah, both. I think, I think the first, we, we have about uh, 500 million unique monthly users um, who we get this location information for. Mm-hmm. On top of that, uh, 100 million unique points of interest. So. Wow. What a point of interest is, is it's really anything that's on a map. So if you think about, um, if you think it could be a business or it could be a sports stadium or it can be the Grand Canyon. (laughs) So tying those two together, there's obviously the first use case where you say um, either we want to reach users who are in my business or we want to reach people who are in my competitor's business or we want to reach people who go to these types of businesses. Um, and that's really the other case. Like, it's not always about reaching someone in the moment, in the point in time. Sometimes it's about creating audiences based on these locations. So right. you can say if this person goes to A, B, and C, then they fit into this type of profile. And then go back at any point um, and, and derive sort of ideas about who that audience is mm-hmm. that visit locations A, B, and C and use those audience profiles to to target at any point, not just when they're in the moment. Got it. So you're developing, in effect, audience segments based on location behavior. Exactly. And that goes back to my previous point about the types of places you visit say a lot about who you are. Sure. Um, you, you can always, like, the, the best example I use, you know, I can go online and search for a BMW, but uh, <laughs> does that mean I'm going to buy a BMW tomorrow? Probably not. But you can actually see, you know, yesterday, um, well, let's just say I went to the gym. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I went to the gym, and then I went to the movies, and then I went to, I I actually spend a lot of time um, at work, so (laughs) I'm trying to think of, like, what I've done in the past, but you get the idea. You get the idea. I suppose if you visit a series of car dealerships in a short space of time, then you're probably in market for a car. Exactly. Got it. Now, you've been doing, I know, some fun fun stuff with the the data and one thing which caught my eye was resolution tracker which something you started looking at with new year and i I see it's like you're placing an angel on one shoulder and a demon on the other and tracking what happens with people so tell us about that yeah exactly and that's um so what my group does in excited which is really fun is on top of serving uh, ads to people and understanding location we get to tell stories Mm -hmm. with the data because this location is such an incredible signal about who somebody is, uh, we're able to, to see the types of places people go. So the resolution tracker that you're mentioning is looking at the good behaviors and the bad behaviors based on location alone. So the gym, for example, falls into the good, going to the grocery store, so you're cooking at home. That's all good. Yep. Uh, the bad stuff is more going to fast food restaurants, going to the liquor store, going to bars, um, all the things that a lot of people mm-hmm. give up at the, the first of the year. So the original thought was we can look at this uh, tied to people's New Year's resolutions. Um, We are going to extend it because we want to see how things change throughout the year. There's a lot of things that can affect these behaviors, and it's just fascinating to think. um, You know, people might have the best of intentions, but what are they actually doing? Um, 
the, the phrase we always use in my group is sort of perception versus reality, um, where I think people yeah. say a lot of things, but you can tell exactly what they're doing based on, on their location <laughs> and their behaviors. That's, I find that very worrying. <laughs> um, and one factor you're now taking account of, uh, we were talking about just before we started, is the weather, which is quite bizarre in New York this week. But um, Weatherbug, that was an acquisition last year? Yep. How do you use that kind of data? Uh, so so the weather, Weatherbug data gives us a couple of things. It gives us um, a, a, a direct plug into consumers um, in terms of how we're, we're able to speak to them, uh, reach them. But from my point of view, it adds an extra layer of insights. Uh, so how the weather can actually affect foot traffic when you're thinking about analyzing location data um, it, with the, the resolution tracker, for example, what, what happens when it gets sunny outside? And right. how does that change in uh, California versus the Midwest? Because warm is relative. Oh, um, that's true, yes. And, and, you know, what does this mean for marketers as well? Because you think about it, like, how can you use these weather cues to actually trigger different behaviors um, and, and create messages and promotions and menu items and all of that stuff based around how people actually act based on weather triggers. Right. So in other words, it's how they actually act rather than the assumptions you might make about what people are going to do. Exactly. I think, um, you know, as I was sort of briefly saying, I think a lot of it is sort of the relative warmth because you can say Mm -hmm. a very uh, like sweeping statement of when it's warm outside, people get out more. But what does warm mean? Because yes. I think warm means something very different in Miami than it does in Minnesota. So, oh, my goodness, yes. So what is that actual threshold, and, and how does weather change that stuff? So um, having access to, to that data through, through Weatherbug gives us a lot, a lot more we can do in terms of um, really understanding consumer behavior. Okay. And I know that's, that's only scratching the surface of the research you've been doing. Um, I know you've got some other projects. So maybe you want to pick some highlights to talk about. Yeah, so in addition to these more uh, consumer stories that we do, uh, one of the things uh, we get really deep into, especially um, considering the business we're in and marketing, we we look at vertical stories. Uh So um, there are a couple key verticals. One of our biggest reports we put out is the QSR, uh, Quick Service Restaurants, Quarterly Trends Report. So we've been doing this. We're actually about to release our fourth one. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is just looking at things that are going on in the the QSR the QSR industry and how consumers uh, are acting, how you can tell of this from their foot traffic behavior. So some of this may be as basic as what time of days people visit a coffee shop versus a fast food restaurant. Um, But one of the things we're doing in the Q4 uh, report that we're about to put out is looking at, so 2016 was a hard year uh, Mm -hmm. for QSRs for a a lot of different industries. Um, And so we're actually using foot traffic to try to predict where opportunities are with different audiences. So one that we're pulling out, for example, is the -the on-the-go commuter. So we can see people who not only visit QSRs, but also go to gas stations frequently, um, who commute to and from work, do those types of behaviors, and trying to see how can you actually, who are these people? Where else are they going? What are the best times to reach them? And and just identifying uh, opportunity through these audiences based on location. Okay, so... Once you've got the, the pattern of somebody's behavior established, you have some idea of when will be a good time to send them off or sort to direct them. Exactly, and just giving them ideas too. You can look mm-hmm. at their, um, what we call location affinities, other types of locations they, they tend towards if they go to more like dollar stores or right. if they tend to go to more premium uh, department stores. You can get an idea of also even things as much of like what kinds of products should you be targeting with yeah. them. Um, more premium products or more budget project products. Okay, got it. Uh, anything else we should talk about? 
Anything else we should in talk about? In terms of research. In terms of research. Um, I, I mean, I just, there's so much fun stuff that we, mm-hmm. we do with the data and um, just importance of, of location to brands right now. I think yeah. it's, um, it, it, it's really, I, I've been at Exad for four years now and just to see the evolution of location, how marketers are um, starting to embrace it has been really exciting for me. Yeah. Um, when I first came here, it was very much like there's a geofence around a business and you target yes. somebody who's within that five mile geofence, which is all of Manhattan practically. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. So, but, and it's just gotten not only so much more precise, location technology is just becoming more intelligent. We're able to, to really derive meaningful things, um, such as the insights that my team does around location um, and deliver those to marketers and just make people very smart. Location is just going to be at the the center of everything going forward. Right. So um, it's just been amazing to me to see how how much smarter everybody's gotten in the industry as technology evolves and what the future potential is as well. And in terms of the future, one thing I'm seeing developing is the uh, the interest in in tracking the consumer, not just their their literal physical trajectory, but as they move from channel to channel and device to device. Is that something you've been looking at? Uh, the cross-channel stuff, yeah. It's, it's very important to, to understand that whole journey. Exad's very focused in mobile for mm-hmm. the moment, but um, from my, ins- my perspective, from an insights um, standpoint, we are actually looking into um, a study that will be coming up looking at sort of the cross-channel journey for, for retail as well and just understanding how all these play together. I think um, what I'm seeing more and more is in the path to purchase. I think everybody knows things have gotten um, very muddled. It's not a funnel anymore. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of different touch points to reach these consumers. And I don't think marketers can think of them in silos. So even if you're only focusing on mobile, you still need to consider how people are, the whole consumer journey, whether people, where they're going online, where they're going in store, and how these all play together. And the interesting thing... um, especially when you think about mobile and in-store and how like it really brings everything together. Right. Mobile is what connects the online and offline world um, through location. I think there's no question. This, All the things we're talking about, location, cross-channel, cross-device, it all springs from mobile, doesn't it? Yep, all springs from mobile. Yeah. Um, I, I always, um, one, one thing I like to say is like, if you think about 20 years ago, the only place you could go to buy something would be in a store. And then e-commerce came along, and all of a sudden you could be in the store, or you could be at home, or you could be at work. Um, And then when you introduce mobile to the mix, it's everywhere. And it's really bridging that gap between online and offline, and you can be online and in a store at the exact same time. And so just having to think about how all of those complement each other is essential right now. Yep, wonderful complexity. (laughs) So uh, just to finish up, tell me a little bit about the kind of customers you serve. What's, What's the market you're looking for? So we work with we work with a lot of the top brands. I mean, I think everybody um, is becoming very interested in location. Mm-hmm. I will say, I think a lot of our uh, earlier clients were in places that had more tangible stores. So mm-hmm. QSR has always been a very big vertical for us. Retail is always a big vertical. Um, I think it's it's expanding a little bit more now to say as I was talking about the audiences, even if you don't have a physical store location, location is still becoming more and more important. Um, And understanding, it's um, been a lot of, it's almost like people are at different stages, but everybody is is getting there and understanding and trying to incorporate location into their marketing plans. So it's really across the 
across the gamut in terms of who wants to use our services. And that, that's what we're seeing in so many areas that uh, brands are at different stages on the journey, but the, the technology is always a little bit ahead of them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it makes sense. Like, if you're thinking about a travel company, mm-hmm. location's maybe not the first thing that comes to mind because you may be trying to attract people from across the other side of the country. But um, it, And if you're thinking about location hours, the same four years ago, yeah. if it's just a geofence, it's like... Um, it doesn't necessarily make as much sense, but as people begin to think about it differently, I, I feel like it's really expanding the use case and, and the interest as well. Okay, it's great, Sarah. Thank you very much for joining us and telling us about Excite. Yes, thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed the view. <laughs> I did, I did. Statue of Liberty is still there. And everyone, please look out for the next one on one podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>